Hey guys, welcome back. So I wanted to get into a little bit this idea of why do we call it self-care? And especially in today's world of healthcare and of just the truth that we're all so busy, we have so much coming at us, so much that we're working with. And even when we look to others to help us, we start to realize that it really has to be us, ourselves. We have to be the one driving the boat, right? Leading the train and the inquiry and the momentum when it comes to, yes, caring for ourselves which, as I see, has a lot to do with caring for how we feel and bringing it down even more basically to the idea that we're all made of energy. It's all energy. Everything happening with the body, the mind, emotions, and life, it's all energy. And so really we could see that anything that we're experiencing good or bad, right or wrong, easy or hard, right, intense or light. It's all an energy experience. And when we bring in the judgment of this energy experience, that makes it even more interesting, right? And we bring in perhaps even labels to describe what we're experiencing, right? Whether that may be a label for our mental health patterns of late our physical health manifestations even, or even what's manifesting in life, right? And how that might get us to start to want to put some labels on ourselves and bring in that judgment, which can feel like discernment, right? And even sometimes wisdom and a a listening to intuition, uh, honoring what's right with ourselves, all part of that self-care. But sometimes we can start to become less empowered with these labels, with these limitations, right? That sometimes these labels can put on us. And coupled with this looking outside of us for someone else to solve our stuff, right? Solve our issues. And Part of this comes from a real wisdom and a truth that over the ages, over the generations, back to the tribal days, humans have known to reach out, to get help from other humans, to allow that as part of our self-care, right? That connection we can receive and engage in and benefit from, or the ways that people can guide us and mentor us or help us like we might get from, say, those medical practitioners, for instance, with a lot of these experiences, right, that we might call mental health challenges or physical health issues that I would propose that unfortunately in today's world of modern medicine, especially here in the West, we've gotten a little trained, a little conditioned, or at least, or a lot to look outside of ourselves for the answer, to 
whether we know it or not, to expect someone else is going to have the answer. Someone else is going to have the solution. Someone else is going to do something to us or give something to us, right? That's going to be what makes the change. That's going to be what solves it, what heals us or what soothes us. And while there, again, may be a real truth and definitely a beauty to this truth that other humans are part of our healing and the medicine we might get from them, right? Whether it's actual medicine in a pill bottle, (laughs) right? Or whether it's words of advice or counsel or hands-on healing or massage or other ways people could counsel us with ourselves, right? And yes, absolutely. May we bring in those resources. May we call in that support and have multiple people that we're looking to as part of our self-care, as part of helping ourselves. And yes, taking their leadership, taking their mentorship, taking their guidance, letting that help us. Absolutely. hundred percent. Right. But I can see a potential drawback, a potential problem, especially in this way that a lot of us Westerners have been raised to always look to the professional, the expert, to always believe the professional, right? And sometimes that's an issue with us when we get a diagnosis from a, say, a medical practitioner that may or may not be accurate, that may have various ways that it can be approached and even shifted. But sometimes when we get that diagnosis, it can really put us in a box, almost like a curse, right? A hex unintentionally from that practitioner. But when they lay that label on us, that diagnosis, or even sometimes give us that medicine, it can actually be something that's now disempowering us, right? Creating this belief that we need this to be okay. And then what I'm noticing, especially in my work with people who are trying these, maybe looking outside of ourselves ways for relief, resolve, right? Solving our stuff, feeling better, dealing with our issues, helping ourselves through our symptoms and just finding a way to deal with being alive, right? It's no joke that just being human is challenging, right? For many of us, at least some of the time. And even just that understanding helps. But yeah, often I'm noticing we might get these resources, these medicines, whatever, from other outside of us resources. And they may or may not even be working for us, right? Sometimes they're creating new symptoms, new challenges. And it gets even more confusing and difficult to weed out and and figure out what is going on. And I guess what we could say a more holistic approach would be looking to really find the cause of the problem, right? The source of the symptom, whatever it is, and more and more looking to resolve that. And that's where maybe a more connected approach also with self-care can include this self-reflection, this introspection, right? And just ways of contemplating and being with ourselves so that we can really feel into, right? There's often, usually, maybe, or always, we could say, with any issue, whether it's a mental health challenge, 
physical health challenge or things in life feeling hard, that it's always a mind and body and spirit issue, right? And so that's another reason why if we only approach these imbalances, these challenges, these struggles, whatever is getting us to reach out for help, right? If we don't acknowledge that it probably is a mind-body-spirit issue, and so if we only go after it, say, physically, that may or may not solve it for us, right? And or if we only go at it on the other aspects as well, right? Like it's important that we acknowledge that we are all those aspects. We are mind, we are body, we are spirit. We have that soul aspect, right? That interior life, that psychology that's affecting so much, right? And that's where we can see that anything that we can do to help us look at our psychology and be continually tuning our mindset and our focus and our attention and our intention. And really that means our use of our energy, right? And what sort of momentum we're creating in our lives. So yes, that's where we can see that self-care, although it does involve reaching out to others, looking to others, allowing in those prescriptions for wellness, right? And, and I, I prescribe things for people as well with the exercises I give them and the meditations that I create and such and the sharing of the tools and the ideas, but I'm hoping, I'm always aiming to have it be in a way that's empowering someone else to now just add that to their toolbox of self-care. And I guess it seems important to talk about this real truth that self-care means it's up to you to be doing something. And honestly, there's a big reason that I'm so into this everyday approach. It's because it's what I have noticed I need most. All the people that I work with, people that I love, whoever I get to be in on their experience, whether, yes, we're talking about their mental health experience, physical experience, energetic experience, emotionally, how we're feeling, life, how it's going. It's undeniably true that most of us if not all of us need to be doing something each day to take care of ourselves, right? Take care of how we feel to manage that energy that we're made of. And if we're not, we're probably feeling it, right? Whether it's in our mental health, our physical health, or how it's playing out in our lives. But again, this isn't about us judging ourselves, but instead seeing, wow, but if I'm willing to realize I'm the one who's driving the self-care as much as I might allow those other practitioners to help me. It's still going to be about me. And you know, I like to say in the whole name of this show is it's about me tuning me. And part of that tuning might include going to see those practitioners and letting them help me and guide me and give me things to help. But it's still going to be about me tuning me and that I need to get consistent, right, with what I'm doing to take care of myself because it's all energy and there's a momentum and that I can see that I probably do feel different when I don't do those things that help me tune me. And it doesn't have to mean not being engaged in the real world, right, but it can mean about like rechoosing our rituals, right? And again, we're probably already doing some things to manage our energy that may or may not be helping whether it's how we're using food or substances or Netflix, right? Or other things that maybe 
our ways of trying to manage those feelings, take care of how we're feeling even. So for most of us, I think it's about updating our rituals, our practices, our approaches, finding ways to keep looking at our perspectives and our psychology and really be tuning that each day. And, and then just lastly, acknowledging that right now in the world, too, it feels like it's, it's a really hard time. And so even if we already are in a flow of self-care that's been working, a lot of us, me too, are needing to up-level our practices, get even more committed, even more consistent and persistent because there's a real pull to get in that fear, that darkness, that energy. So it's, I think, more important than ever that we're super committed, dedicated to, and aware of how important our self-care is. And that, yeah, that actually means that we ourselves have to be the one doing it, have to be the one driving it, keeping an eye on the whole thing, right? And yes, loving the help of others, but knowing it's still about us taking care of ourselves, right? Finding ways to tune ourselves in mind, body, and spirit, recognizing it's all energy and loving though the power of acknowledging that, embracing that, right? And then it becomes like part of our super superhero approach to play with. Wow, how can I feel if I really make it about tuning me? Especially start of the day, in my opinion, is a great time to take advantage of that fresher momentum. But it's really good news if we're ready to own it, that self-care is about self, self-driving it, self-choosing it, and that it's no joke that we don't, we don't want to put it off either. <clears throat> I really got that even more recently, and I think I'll bring this to a close soon, but listening to one of my favorite spiritual teachers lately, Michael Beckwith, talking about so much about if we want to be feeling spiritually connected and aligned and powerful, right? And even magical, especially at this time in the world. That a lot of it is about what we're doing in our mind, right? And how we're feeling. And that it's really not something that we want to let fester. Or we don't like the dwelling aspect when we're starting to realize we're feeling bad. Whether it's physically, emotionally, mentally. That it's not something that we want to take lightly and just let ourselves dwell in. Because, and then maybe it's especially right now, too. Maybe there is just even more of a darker, harder energy going on right now, just with everything that we're all going through. Maybe just the fact that more humans are feeling fearful, feeling each other's energy, right? The pull could be strong to get lost in that. And in that fear and dread, I feel it too. Like that, almost like that battle between good and evil that maybe has always been going on within us humans, but maybe now more than ever is going on on the planet, right? And so within ourselves. So for that reason, it's like we don't want to dwell. It's not something we want to play with, like staying in that dark, those darker emotions and darker feelings and to really start to see that the only way that's going to shift is for us to get into like, okay, how can we tune ourselves? How can we, even right now when we're feeling dark, 
and, and, and sometimes it is about doing things that are going to help us feel the feelings, that are going to help us cry, right? Or express and reflect, understand, contemplate, and thus transmute those darker feelings. But yeah, if we just let ourselves dwell, it, it's dangerous. We don't want to, it's, it's dangerous. There's a momentum to things and whatever we're focusing on grows pretty fastly. We're very powerful. So we want to be so aware of that attention and that focus. And I'm talking to myself too. And when we get in that fear focus, we can always tell it doesn't feel good, right? Luckily, we get that guidance from the body, from the emotions. And and you could say that that's spiritual guidance as well, telling us that that fear is not how we want to be focusing and feeling, right? And it is having a detrimental effect on the, the body, our physiology, our organs, our immunity, right? It's weighing us down. It's wearing us down. It's tearing us down, making us weaker, help, actually helping us create what we don't want helping us sabotage things that are great in our lives, right? I see that with myself too. So self-care about tuning and taking care of that mind, that body, and that spiritual connection. No joke, it's important, and only we can do it for ourselves. So the more we're willing to do it every day, and especially in how we start our days, it can really start to be a lot easier and create change in all those areas, mind, body, and our spiritual experience. So I'm so honored to share with you and thanks for being here. Thanks for listening and sending you love wherever you're at right now in the world. All right, love. Namaste.